This podcast is being filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> I love that. Hi, Amy. <laughs> no, you post that. That is a great <laughs> insert applause. Here we go. You are listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Vision Podcast. Today, we are talking about the influencing domain. And the influencing domain is all about how uh, people help their team members reach a broader audience. And if this is part three of a four-part series or five-part series, I forget. Six-part series, multi-part series. I'm Nathan Freeberg. I'm Linda Schubring. It's going to be its own series. What's your name, Brian? I'm Brian Schubring. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And uh, we're having, as you can tell, we are having fun with this. If you haven't gone back to listen to the other ones, I highly recommend it. Uh, But don't stop what you're doing. Uh, or don't stop this podcast because you can do that later. So um, we kind of kicked off this whole series with a 30, 40 minute episode on why why are we talking about the domains of strength? Why is that important? And Brian, I'm wondering if you can, you know, in like 30 seconds, sort of summarize that whole conversation to tee up this conversation today. The reason why we're having a conversation about the dominant domain of, of a team is to help us better understand team culture. Because what we know is that team culture has a very strong shaping influence on how people show up, the kind of work they get done, how they form their relationships. So for us to begin to talk about ways that we can better understand team culture, it will advantage all of us. And so today we're talking about the influencing domain, talking about people who are just really good at getting other people to do what they want. Is that, <laughs> no. Linda, is there any more that we should explain about this or is that it? Maybe I'll Thanks take over. <laughs> Maybe oh, I'll take over sorry. the... That's why we have... I'll take over the definition. different roles. <laughs> yes, Linda? Let me tell you about it. So when we are detecting if a if a dominant domain of of a team is in the influencing domain, we are noticing if this is a team that really does reach a broader audience, or if they find ways to sell their team's idea inside or outside of an organization. Sometimes when there is a situation that arises, people in this domain, teams that just function here, they, they, they have this dominant kind of influence in a group. What's important to know is that this domain comprises the least frequent of the 34 themes of strength which means sometimes it's misunderstood. Uh, Sometimes the influencing themes are just like, well, where's that coming from? I understand more about how people think or how people get work done, but what is this influencing all about? But what we've come to know about the teams that have influencers on them that are that are at home in this influencing domain is that at the end of the day, people love influencing themes. They love an influencing team because people with influence have a way of creating a belonging. They have a way of creating a purpose. They have a way of talking about and then kind of catalyzing movement. So people love influencers. They don't know exactly why, but maybe there is an emotional charge to these teams. 
And so when we think about influencing domains, it's very... It's very infrequent that we get a lot of teams that that have in a preponderance of influencing uh, themes that really would make them an influencing domain. However, we have seen them and we're, we're excited to talk about that today. That's right. And we're not going to talk about these themes really individually much, but those rare themes that you mentioned, Linda, are activator, command, communication, which Amy and I have, competition, which Brian has, Maximizer, self-assurance, significance, which I had at one point in time, and then woo. We don't have any woos on our on our squad, do we? Whew. We don't win we, anyone over, we, <laughs> which we're not going to talk about. Um, so this is domain. This <laughs> that's is, right. This is stick to the domains. Sticking to the domains. So, um, all right. So we're we're a team. Uh, we've come to this leadership vision training. Uh, we've just walked in. What do, what do you do? You you understand that there's a group with with some of these rare themes. There. Are, influencers, what do you do? You say, hey, everyone's got influencing, blah, 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 blah. What are some of the initial questions you ask? How do you sort of help them understand what this means? The first thing I do is pay attention to how I feel. Because there is almost an emotional charge, there is an energy, there is a, you know, we walk into the room and maybe people are talking over each other. Uh, sometimes we, Brian and I, will start talking and all of a sudden we'll have co-presenters coming out of the blue to help guide how we're going to say things or, or what we're going to do with our carefully crafted 90 minutes or two hours with, with a team. And so more of it is on us to begin to detect what is it that we're picking up? What is it that we're noticing and and understanding that energy that's coming from a group that that is like living in this influencing domain? Correct. To follow up with what Linda's saying, we are paying attention at a level that is heightened than any other of the dominant domains that could possibly be. Because these strengths are so misunderstood, that means this team culture has also a misunderstanding to it. So we want to be really aware of what it is that is happening within that group. We're paying attention in a different way because this team is focused on how is it that we can really change our environment, change our surroundings, or change the world. And that drive has an edginess to it, a sharpness to it, a speed to it that people do want to be around. But because some of these strengths are are the most rare, it's like seeing a unicorn in a parking lot. It's like we, we're like, what is that? But that's so cool. What like is that. that again? So we really need to Lovely. pay attention to it. I like that unicorn in a parking lot. Is that more rare than unicorn? <laughs> I don't know. It is. I, that's what I read online. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I have a lot of unicorns in in my house. So then, so then, uh, what do we do with this information? Like we're talking about how rare this is. Is this something that then we, I don't know, cultivate in a different way or approach in a different way from the other domains we've been talking about? Well, I would say I don't. I don't know if it's rare. I, I would say it's infrequent. Mm. I would also say it's misunderstood or. I think rare makes it seem, oh, it never happens. It's a unicorn in a parking right. lot. It, yes, but it does happen. And when it does, once again, you feel that energy. Once again, one of the ways that you might notice if you have uh, a dominant domain that is in the influencing, you could tally up the strengths of your team and see, okay, oh, wow, we all land. We have a preponderance of, of strengths that are in this domain. And so that might be this. But... 
An influencing domain might be there's a couple strengths and a couple key personalities that shape the team culture to be this energetic, driving, exciting, energized group. But at the other end of the spectrum, there is a the influencing domain that almost is sitting back waiting for the right moment. And so they might be activating in different direction. They may be measuring things that we don't even really want to drive a team to, uh, or they're really confident, or they they think that this session is maybe a waste of their time, so they don't want to engage. But you start to get them talking about their subject matter expertise, or or the ways that that this group is winning or achieving, and then all of a sudden it's great energy. They're talking over each other, and and it 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 shaped it shapeshifts in a little bit of way. What Brian? What do you want to add? So Linda is talking about the things that we're aware of, and she's doing a great job of summarizing the energy, the emotion, and the excitement that an influencing culture is bringing. There are some other things that we're also mindful of. When we're working with a team that has a dominant influencing culture, we're we're asking these types of questions. How conscious are they of their influence? What capacity do they have for influence? And this is a, a critical one. What connections do they really have? So consciousness, capacity, and connections. Because some of the teams we work with, they are very conscious of their influence and they know how to steward it. And, and, and others are not conscious of it. So they don't quite know what to do with it. And capacity. Sometimes high frequency of influencing themes, they have a low capacity for influence because of the environment that they're in. No fault of their own, but their capacity for change is low. The opposite is also true. They could be in an environment or a high-level executive team where their capacity for influence is great. Either way, you have to scale expectation to that. And one of the unique things that the influencing themes bring with them is that these people are often highly connected. They're connected to the right people, to the right resources. Why? Because they know know how to leverage their influence that oftentimes involve other people, opportunities, and resources. So they're highly connected. So we're going to be asking those questions as we're engaging a team that has high influencing themes. And if we're guessing that this team, that their dominant domain is influencing, (laughs) Brian and I change our delivery, meaning we'll speed it up. We'll be more succinct. We'll be switching gears quickly to keep people's attention. Cause usually there is a flow of an, like, is this still important to me? Is this still, no, I'm moving on to the next thing. And so we will shape um, how we deliver based on the dominant domain of a group and with influencing. Yeah. It's usually uh, sped up quite a bit. Brian, you, <laughs> you have got this funny smile and look on your face, like some secret message. What, what are you thinking? I just think it's so important for us, uh, for those of us who are working with teams with a lot of influencing themes, it's important for us to not get caught up in the influence of these people. Because these are the ones that, you know, we want to be around them too. Because like Linda said earlier, we all love to be influenced. And sometimes as consultants or, or coaches, we can kind of be enamored by what these people bring because there's an attractiveness to uh, what they're doing. There is also a great potential to these individuals. And I know that for for Linda and I, there's oftentimes um, this sensitivity that, that we have for the development of people that have influence themes because we understand where their influence is. And speaking of that, what's also important to understand is where does the influence lie? 
And I think this is extremely important for those of us working with teams that have this type of culture. Is, Is their influence internal? So is it within their team and that's what they're really able to leverage? Or is their influence external? It is outside the team, into the organization. And this is another one which we have found consistently. Or is it surrounding? Because there are some influencers where their their influence is surrounding the team and the team itself will not really experience that strength because it is applied outwardly towards the outside world as kind of like an outsider looking in. Well, what's interesting is you're talking about individuals in that. So what we have found is if a, if a team, their dominant um, style is influencing, then it's asking all right, who's influencing out? Who's influencing in? Are you even influencing in the same direction? And why does it there feel like this? There's this intense um, pain points or rub that there just feels like, what, what are we doing there? And so this is one where we will kind of funnel down to, okay, what are the themes of strength telling us? And then we'll bubble back up to overall, what does this influencing domain look like in this team? And right now I'm looking at a dashboard of a team that we're working with and 60% of these team members have influencing themes. So that that is a lot. And this is one of the teams that we've worked with that has the dominant domain of influence. And so one of the things that we're working with this team on is the signs of maturity. Uh, one of the things that we have found is that influencing themes often have or teams with strong influencing often have maturity challenges where their strengths haven't been developed um, over time and we're we're looking for moments when development can happen we're looking for these teams to name when their influence is meaningful and we're also asking this last and very important question is around mentorship how are you helping each other grow and develop your influence so that it is the most generative expression of an influencing culture that is inclusive? And it's similar to strengths. Now, it's similar to strengths in that, you know, how do you know if it's a strength? It's like, well, I just do it. I'm, I'm not even trying. I'm helping generate life in me and other people. And oftentimes influencers do not press pause long enough to consider how they really are influencing others and how that's been developed. And so in a least frequent theme of strength, some of the things that we're we're learning is that some people really do not know how to develop the influencer and they don't know how to bring a sense of maturity. And so you know, we say, bring it on. We love, (laughs) we love the energy of the influencers and we don't want to control it and squash it and make them look smaller. We want to harness that energy. We want to hook a bunch of cords up to them (laughs) and let them, let them be lit up in the sky. And we brought this up with the other conversations we've had too, is let's also consider the three key words of bias, boundaries, and blind spots when, when working with teams that have a high influencing culture because with influencing culture there is a strong bias on what 
influence actually looks like or what it it feels like and and sometimes the more subtle um, ways of influence um, aren't necessarily noticed boundaries are also important because sometimes uh, teams that have an influence-based culture uh, they're not quite sure where the boundaries should be and sometimes that's like channeling energy in one specific direction healthy boundaries are very helpful in um, understanding how influence can be harnessed. And also blind spots. Again, with a strong influencing culture, there tends to be some blind spots on the slow developmental incremental growth um, in exchange for, you know, destination retreats or spending lots of money or, or big, bold changes. And so these are just things that we've learned and things that we've helped other teams work through. And so it's really important for us to truly pay attention uh, to these influencing cultures in ways that are super specific. Going back to something, Linda, you were saying about are they influencing internally, externally? What does that look like? Because we also can't forget that if your your team doesn't have a lot of these, if this is you know maybe a weaker domain for you, you're still having to do that. And so, what what would you say to that group? How how do you influence then, or how do you do? You just say, well, we got to hire somebody. Kind of make that joke in the last podcast, but like, how do like <laughs> what do we do? And it's question. It's understanding how we influence. So some people will look at all the domains and say, "Well, I thought I was a person of influence, so but I'm not." And that's not. It's how you influence, and and so some people influence by just being the workhorse. They're getting things done. They're driving towards deadlines. They're they're helping a group accomplish much. much. It could also be, you know, we influence by how we're thinking and you continually help a group think deeper and more reflectively. It also could be we influence through the care and concern and connection of people. And so it's how they influence. But what we find with this category is that there's a multiplied influence, which also means a multiplied complexity, which also means maybe more confusion. And so sometimes the ways that other people influence that aren't in this category are the most lasting, the most understood, uh, and have the the greatest opportunity to have greater greater influence, Mm. so to speak. That's good. I think one of the things I want to end this with is to understand that this is our specific approach uh, to how we engage teams that have a, a highly influential culture. And what I want to just remind all of us is that we have a very unique way of, of bookending this because we believe that there is a way that we can strategically engage a team culture that is highly influential. But on the other end, that other bookend is this. It's core to who we are as a company. We believe that everyone is a person of influence, no matter how you influence, like Linda was saying, or what that that looks like. We believe that everyone is a person of influence. Therefore, everyone has the potential for leadership. So that this category is important to us, not just in the strengths-based understanding of what influencing domain actually is, but in the human-based understanding of who we believe people to be, and that is people influencing other people. Thank you, Brian. I look forward to wrapping up this conversation next week with the relating domain. 
Um, I think that's going to be one. Um, do we have to get a lot closer to each other and hold hands? No, when we socially do that distant. One? Or oh, We're right, still right, in right, a global right. pandemic. Six, six feet yeah. away. So okay. Well, Linda, thank you. Brian, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and thank you, listener, for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization. Click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And if you have questions about this episode, about the influencing domain, or any of the other episodes, or if you just want to send us an email and maybe like bounce some ideas off of us, you can send an email to Amy, who's sitting on that couch right there, at connect <laughs> at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And she will answer your question in just the most beautifully perfect way possible. Join us next week for The Relating Domain. And until then, I'm Nathan Freeberg. I'm Brian Schubring. <laughs> and I'm Linda Schubring. I don't want to be last again. <laughs> and on behalf of our entire team, thanks, thanks for listening. For listening. And too. thanks to the in-studio audience. And the live studio audience. For live studio yeah. audience. Um, I was expecting a little bit more laugh track, but I guess <laughs> she was more concerned with audio. I didn't hold up the sign applause. Recording I quality. I That's okay. I